Do it live! Fuck it! Games. The final frontier. These are the voyages of no consoles for old men. It's continuing mission to seek out engaging Star Trek computer games and play them until our engineer says... The dual core processor cannot take anymore, Captain. I'm giving her all I got, but she's gonna tear herself to pieces. To boldly go where no old men have gone before. No consoles for old men. 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 I have called you all here today, at the behest of Don DeManzo, to discuss the expansion of our Jersey territory. Our Don has seen an opportunity to move into Atlantic City at an event called AC Boardwalk Con, which will be happening May 14th through the 17th, 2015. Don DeManzo has asked that some of our made men attend this convention and convince the locals to try two true freaks. Joining me, Gene Hendricks, on this trip will be my Quantum Cast cohort, Jeff Fishman. Chris Tyler, the hair metal hero, will be representing the Boston arm of the family, while Scott McGregor will be representing the New York branch. Our capo, Chris Honeywell, will also be there to provide some added persuasion. Your Don has asked that any of his loyal friends in the area come and pay their respects to this new endeavor. He reminds you that all the information on the event can be found at doacbc.com. That's doacbc.com. Come help us make Atlantic City an offer they can't refuse. And he nailed it, ladies and gentlemen. All right. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Oh, I guess we're going to have to put our disclaimer in that we we discovered that we, we're not unique in our no uh, no consoles for old men name. Oh, and hello and welcome to no consoles for old men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're going to make me deal with that before I've had a chance to talk to my therapist about it? Come on. <laughs> I already had it's that. Not me. It's your, it's your friend that kept uh, yeah, emailing my... you. Hey, by the way, oh, here's one more. Oh, and if uh, that last little salt in the wound wasn't enough, here's a, here's a couple more. I don't know why this person's so evil to me. I, I don't know what I've done to deserve it. But, yeah, she uh, pointed out that uh, our, our name was not unique, apparently, in the world of podcasting or blog writing or basket weaving or, you know, anything, apparently. Um, so are we going to have to pull a Dave Atterbury and Chris Tyler and change our whole... 
No. Change the whole name Never of the happened. podcast. They'll, they'll well, have to pry it from our cold, well, dead, they, phasered hands, I guess. No. Well, they, they actually got, like, some type of notification or, like, an email or something. Did they really? Yeah, but not from, yeah, like, a yeah, lawyer did. or anything, did they? Mm, no, I don't think so, but, like, they were kind of like, hey, uh, we're kind of using this name already, uh, yeah, well, you know, when when I receive such a thing, I'll consider it just before I discard it. So. <laughs> Throwing the gauntlet out there now. No, I, I don't know. No, I mean, it was apparently, first it was a blog, uh, which really had nothing to do. It was more about ageism in, in the gaming industry, which was interesting, and we might try to get the guy on if he's still out there blog writing and not have a job in the gaming industry. Um, and then... You know, I was like, well, this has this date on it, and we might have said this on this date. And, of course, then she had to go Google and find half a dozen more uh, podcasts and such that were earlier than ours. But uh, I did a Google just today, and we do come up on the first Google page now. So we've made, the, we've made the big time, and there's not that many of them out there. So. Cool. Well, we are the only Two True Freaks Presents No Consoles for Old Men. Absolutely, which you can find on iTunes, folks. And, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm not really sweating it. I don't think any of them, of the other ones that are active. I was just really amazed and, and overjoyed that that many people enjoy the movie we're parodying that mm-hmm. much. I didn't think there were that many uh, obscure Coen Brothers movies fans out there. Well, I guess speaking of old men, should we introduce our guest? We should, absolutely. <laughs> I don't think you're that old, are you there, Mr. Abel? You can jump up my ass. <laughs> wow! I was almost going to ask if we if we had vetted him for the, the proper age limit on this show, but I guess we really <laughs> haven't stated one, so... You know. I don't know, with that crotchety response, I say he's... Yeah, uh, uh, yeah I think he qualifies. That was a get-off-my-lawn moment. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> Get off my lawn. We're all working towards that get off my lawn cast. (laughs) I actually have to own a lawn. I'm on a second story apartment, so I have an outdoor porch, which nobody has really tried to invade yet, thankfully. Sean Engel, ladies and gentlemen, um, from such podcasts as... Do a good one of the guys and go ahead. (laughs) No, you please, because that's the only one I remember. Uh, (laughs) I'm sorry to say Just one of the guys... (laughs) Listen to the Prophets, a Star Trek Deep Space Nine That's podcast, right. cool. Two True Freaks, uh, Walking Dead Wednesday, The Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror, and over with uh, Michael Bradley, I do a show called Parallel Lines, a DC Comics Tangent Universe podcast. And I probably do a couple others that I've forgotten about, but those are the major ones. So thank yeah. you guys for having me on. This is going to be a fun conversation. I think so. We bought, brought in a ringer, apparently, Dr. Bill. Congratulations on that. I hope it's in our budget. Um yeah, this guy's but, expensive. Uh, <laughs> well, we are, and I'm, I'm glad to see we have someone with such a, a pedigree in, in podcasting, and uh, obviously a Star Trek fan, and semi-expert, more an expert than I am on DS9, definitely. Um, and kind of the reason we're doing this particular podcast is that we've just lost Leonard Nimoy, of course. Uh, we'll be a couple months out by the time someone gets to hear this, but uh, we would have gotten to it eventually, but we felt... A matter of urgency involved since we lost Mr. Nimoy. So we're going to talk about uh, what Star Trek kind of means to us and 
the wow amazing number of games that have made been made over the years i mean when i was starting to do my research on this i was like well yeah i've played a few of these but wow they put out a lot of them and uh you know no surprise is everybody loves star trek so someone else talked now yeah well star trek has been pretty much ever since there've been computers they've been trying to make star trek type games that there've been games that date back to almost you know the early 70s well before the home pc was around mm-hmm. and most of them started out as simple dos based games where you're just you, you, there were no graphics whatsoever it was like a dot or an asterisk and it was tactical combat where you plotted it out where your phasers should fire and what angle they should fire at Right, I remember that one now, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. That That was pretty much the earliest one. And a lot of these these games that we'll see coming up that uh, ported over to PC were based off some board games that we're not probably going to talk about, but I think it would be nice to at least mention. Oh, yes. uh, Specifically, Starfleet Battles. Oh, yes. I think we're on the the same page, Mr. Engel. Those are some of the games I think we're going to be having the most to talk about because those are some of the best... In my opinion, those are some of the best games out there, and they've even progressed to what is going on right now with Starfleet Online. I'm certain Starfleet Online owes a lot to the the board game Starfleet Battles and some of its uh, tactical combat mm-hmm. in the uh, in the universe. I was a big time. I I used to play the original Star, um, Starfleet Battles game, although I was pretty young when I had it, and we kind of made up our own rules, but it was still fun. It was a complex game. I, I used to play it myself with, like, the one person I could ever find to play it with, unfortunately. So it kind of got boring after a while, or just the opportunities to play it was, uh, you know, was rare. So we're talking about the history of Star Trek games, and, Sean, you mentioned the old uh, ASCII games that, uh, I mean, I see on the list here, they're, they're listed for, like, T- TRS-80, which is one of the first computers I got to use, and... You know, we were all the bad computer kids in school because we managed to get a copy of the, the ASCII, ASCII uh, Star Trek games and were playing them while we were, you know, supposed to be programming stuff ourselves. Um, so that was definitely the first time I ever played that, you know, anything Star Trek. I mean, that was one of the first games anybody really ever made for for computers like that, you know, and it's it's appropriately so. Um, did did you mm-hmm. get to play those too? But I mean, there was another one where you kind of moved around the map and yeah, you shot in one direction. I, I remember, but there were like different sectors and star bases. And, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the the one that I primarily remember, and I'm assuming looking from this list that we have was Apple Track that I'm pretty uh, that I'm pretty certain is close to what that was. Yeah, and basically it was just you were the letter E and your adversaries with the letter K right. or the letter R yeah. for Klingon and Romulan. I think they called them Clargon and Riemann because they couldn't specifically use the name because right. of mm. copyright or whatever. But it was basically the same idea of Starfleet Battles as you had like a 16 round turn you allocated this much energy to your weapons, this much energy to your photon torpedoes. It took X number of rounds to charge up certain weapons, like heavier weapons like photon torpedoes took two rounds to charge up. Phasers only took one. You could allocate power to uh, enhancing shields and whatever, and you could 
say when you wanted to make a turn during this thing and you basically plotted that out and then you set it in the computer and you set when you wanted to fire either at the last moment uh, or you could pick a certain time point that you wanted to or a certain range that you were a distance away from your enemy that you wanted to fire and then when you got to that range or wherever however many weapons were in the arc that could fire at the ship would fire at them and you know it'd be basically like Starfleet battles it would randomly determine where it hit how much damage it did all that so yeah. it, it was a fun game for simple you know 1970s 1980s computers yeah, I was going to say I wonder if that's not so much Apple Trek as that might even be the original the Star Trek script game that they're they list up there as early as 1972 which is just amazing I'm sure it was like an evolution of that earlier stuff. Um, I, I'm I'm wondering if that script game probably went more into the stuff that came in later, like the 25th anniversary stuff. But I have no idea. It might it might be just sort of like a Zork type game because those games were easy to pro- program and easy yeah. to put out. You just had to, you know, go left, go right, or right. north, south, whatever. Look at this, and it would say no, you can't do that, and stuff oh, like yeah. that. The simple Zork type games, which, yeah, <laughs> where 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 you where you'd want to do something stupid like you know, you know, kick the kick the Hobbit. I don't know. I can't do that. Yeah, yes, yeah. you can. Just do it. <laughs> uh, I I think the first one that I remember playing was um, was actually the arcade game, which I think wasn't that the strategic operations one. Yeah, and yeah, that was that just blew me away. Obviously, and I I discovered that um, I think I mentioned it on the first or the second episode uh, when I went out to Vegas and my aunt was she went to Circus Circus and they had a whole floor that was nothing but video games. Yeah, and she gave me money and and that that was where I found the sit down. Yes, Star Trek, and and you sat in there. And you put your quarter in, and it's, you know, welcome aboard. It's Spock's voice, welcome aboard, Captain. Yeah. Oh, and and derm, 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 and then you're, you're flying around. Beer, 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 beer. And it was so simple. It was just vector graphics, but it was, it was, it was, I was in heaven. Yeah, you had your little thing. tactical part of the screen up in, like, your upper right hand, you know, right, corner. Right, right. Where you had your little symbol of the ship and, you know, your star base and the Klingons coming at you. And then you had the you know, 3D first-person view. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was spectacular. I mean, actually, I mean, Wrath of Khan had either just come out before that or was coming out, you know, soon after that. It was 1982, so it was definitely right around that time. There she is! Yeah. Um, so we were all jazzed to have, you know, combat simulator. You know, we didn't... Yeah. We didn't see the, Starship Battles in the motion picture, as good a movie as I think that is, but Wrath mm-hmm. of yeah, turned it up, and and uh, yeah, the arcade people were right there to take us into their willing arms. <laughs> take my quarters, take them. Yeah. Command the Enterprise, play Star Trek. Welcome aboard, Captain. One. 
The sit-down version was the one to play because it was like sitting in the captain's chair. In oh, fact, yeah. it was kind of designed as the, the sort of blocky, you know, original series captain chair mm. with your left hand, the little control knob, the spinny control knob. Right, and it was the a right rollerball. Hand. That's right, yeah. Well, it wasn't even a rollerball. It was kind of like that spinny knob that you'd have for Tempest. Yeah, oh, that right. was just that's your, right. your right. rotation, yeah. and then you had like a thruster and button. four buttons. Yeah. You had, the thru you had thrust and fire, which would fire your phases, and then you'd have warp and photon mm. and i i i'd never use the photon because i could never get it to because it would always fire out to a certain distance and then explode yeah and if you fired it incorrectly or you fire it past the klingons that you were trying to fire it at it would explode further away and wouldn't do anything and you'd lose a photon so i'd use warp you know to like get out of situations and then it but, would do it would do a sound effect too it would go yeah. when when you would do the warp too Mm -hmm. It would do a do a sound effect. You'd speed away, and you could you could dock at the space stations to to gain energy. And uh, occasionally there'd be like a flying saucer. I don't even know what it. It was just a flying saucer that came in there. That would if it captured onto your ship, it would gain warp power and photon mm -hmm. power. But if you shot it, you got like extra points or whatever. But it was a fun game, and it it, it, it took some strategy as well because certain Klingon ships would go after the star base and they were colored a certain color on your tactical and certain ships would come after you so you had to go try and take down the ones going after the star bases first so you could you know if you needed to hit the star base up for repairs or whatever you could oh yeah before yeah. you got the other one so it was a fun fun game and the, like I said the sit down version was just perfect yeah the, the, the stand-up version the keys were all kind of over spread out so it was more difficult to play the sit-down version i think is one of the best games vector graphic out there i would even put it up close to the original star wars arcade game yeah as one of the best vector graphic games out there I mean, yeah they, yeah the, they didn't slack for video games back then and uh, it could be argued that intellectual property video games haven't always been that great um but yeah, those two pretty much nailed it back in the day. <laughs> well, the big three vector graphics that I remember, um, not counting Tempest in, in, in there, would be uh, would be the Star Wars, Star Trek, and then Battlezone. Yeah, I used to love Battlezone. That oh was, yes, especially a stand-up one where you look through the actual scope. Yeah, and then you've oh, got yeah. the two you've got the two levers, the back and forth, and you've got the buttons on top for your fire. Oh, that was that was awesome. And it was so simple. Those games were so simple. And mm -hmm. we were just mesmerized by them. Yes. Just it, just it was it was amazing. But now people would look, you know, kids would look at them and go, just like in back to the future. That's a baby game. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I still and uh, not to plug the site anywhere, but the Internet Arcade, which I think can be found at archive.org slash yeah. internet arcade, has a port of that uh Star Trek Strategic Operations Combat Simulator. Yeah, I was just playing it before the show. <laughs> and that, it's it's a really good port of it. It looks good. 
the controls would probably work better if you had uh, a joystick or a, or a gamepad to hook up to it. But you can play it on your on your keyboard with uh, relative ease. You just you know getting to the war getting to the warp and photon buttons is kind of difficult. But otherwise, it's a fun game. Yeah, definitely go check that out if you're interested in that. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's just a wealth of older games there. If you don't, you know, you can get past the uh, the aged uh, graphics and such. It's it's a mm-hmm. good good stomping ground for memories. Um, but I guess we should maybe. I wanted to kind of have it each talk about, and I'm sure we'll all say basically the same thing. What kind of our perfect Star Trek game would be? You know, or is or has been, and then we're going to kind of do our top five list of, of games we've played over the years and talk about a few other ones uh, that aren't on our lists. Um, so, I mean, like I said, I, I, kind of, I, I kind of just summed it up in a couple of sentences here, and I think you guys will probably agree with me. Uh, what Trek means to me, or what I'd like to see in a, a Trek game, would be a mix of, obviously, galactic you know, exploration... Um, get to see lots of amazing alien races and kill some of them, and uh, you know some solid solving problem uh, puzzles or problem solving puzzles, and obviously the great ship combat. Um, linear stories that are kind of like episodes are great, and some games have done that well over the years. A more open galaxy would be cool too, you know, where you can just go out and explore at your whim, you know. And I don't know if. Uh, any game is nailed down all of them at once for me. I don't even know if it's possible. I think maybe the online game is the best hope that we'll ever have to incorporate all those things, but what do you guys think? I mean, kind of on the same page about that stuff? Go ahead, Bill. Um, well, pretty much, and we've seen that in many of the games that have been out there, and I don't know if the online one has reached that because um, Sean and I had talked a little bit earlier and I had played the online game when it came out and I and I almost like 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 you Scott I almost bought one of those packages they had a lifetime membership it, it was like 199 or 299 yeah. where you instead of paying the monthly fee you could pay like 299 or 199 and it was a lifetime membership well, luckily, I didn't go full bore and do that because years later it became free to play a- anyway. Yeah. And not but, really too long after it launched either. It went fairly quickly, if I'm not well, mistaken. It was still, I was still paying for it when I quit. And the reason I quit is because while it had some of the best space combat I have played, uh, right up there with um, the Starfleet Command series, yeah. and. Um, and bridge commander, which we'll talk about later, um, but it it's 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 ground based portion was just sucked. There was no. It was like it was like with World of Warcraft, where you beam down, Fight kill these Klingons, guys, go push a couple buttons. Yeah, yeah. Go get these. Go kill these guys. Come back. Oh yeah, okay. Beam back up to the ship do some awesome combat and they had large um, space combat things to where um, one of the things they had was to where you could team up and you had multiple players and you were all fighting the crystalline entity from from next gen I mean that was really awesome and fun but I there was no there was no 
Kirkisms. There was no outthink a computer. There was no <laughs> hard puzzles. There was no, like you had in the 25th anniversary games and in the and then in the next gen uh, a final Unity game to where those those were put out by Interplay and those were great. I mean that was like the first big comeback, the first major I remember uh, color game um, for the PC. You know, major game. What was that? That was in '92. I mean, that mm-hmm. that was DOS, but it was it was a beautiful game. I I got the the big set that came with the pin and the extra stuff. As and of course, I did the same thing with the Star Trek Online one too, and got all the bonuses and and extras with that. But if you could combine those two games, right? I think that for me would be those those two style games would have been. Um, the best for me. Now, I didn't play online for... I, I played it for a while, and I enjoyed a lot of it. The space combat, as you said, was, was pretty cool. But, yeah, I have the same problems with it. I mean, I wasn't... I didn't hate the uh, the away team stuff, but, I mean, yeah, it just wasn't yeah. what it could have been. I mean, it just got I mean, really repetitious. And I don't know how you really avoid that in a large-scale online universe like that sometimes. But, yeah. Uh, you kind of make it the best you can. Um, now, but, I have to ask this, since I haven't played the uh, Star Trek online game, when mm-hmm. you're playing when you're playing as a ship, you get assigned your own ship and you get assigned your own crew. When you go down to to the planet, do you take like a, you know, a, a group of like five people that are like well, bots that come with you or is it just kind of yeah but there's the a lot of options of, like, like you can take you, your you can take different classes of people like engineers and medical and mm-hmm. some of them have yeah. different gadgets and stuff but i mean it's all still the same so stuff it's not once like you're down there i mean it doesn't so like going down to the planet you know to take a world of warcraft analogy it's not like going into a dungeon where you team up with five different players no, and go do no. this. It's just it's just grinding basically. Yeah. yeah, you just beam down now you can you could tweak your crew members, you can train them in certain things because actually you could train them and then that could actually from what I remember, like if you trained your engineer in certain things it would make your ship respond better. Yeah. Uh, you know, your tactical officer the same thing. That was you could you could upgrade your crew and you could upgrade your ship at the same time. You could you know, through I can't remember what the e- economy was, how you earned money or credits, um, but you or was it with, maybe with prestige or something? Um, how you could get new things for your ship in order I don't to recall either. Yeah, I think it yeah. was some kind of like experience. But, but once you beamed down, it was pretty much you had control of one person, and that was it. And it was very repetitive, and after a while, it just kind of got boring. Now, it got a little exciting in the online game to where once you reach a certain level, you could then switch over to the Klingon side because the Klingons, I guess there were still some, there was tensions again because the whole Star Trek, I guess now this is becoming a Star Trek online podcast. No. But (laughs) the storyline of that game was it took place, it's what takes place, it's what continues the original Star Trek universe after the... The 2009 just, movie just after Romulus yeah. blows up and Spock goes back in time it's what takes place after that happens and from there the universe continued and it also did in the books 
for some time, which I'm not sure if the books are still doing that anymore or not. I think but, maybe that's why I lost interest in it more than anything, is that I don't care about <laughs> new Star Trek con- continuity anymore. I just really don't. Well, no, 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 but this this wasn't new as in... I mean, it's, it maintained the original Star Trek universe. Right, following, but I mean it was... It's following the next generation. Right, basically. it yeah. followed the next gen... And then I don't know, know that's still that's stuck in my craw. It's like why not make it in? You know, I don't know. That's another. That's an old man griping well, podcast. That, like you know, I could also say you know it. It wouldn't be without. Uh, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for eventually in the J.J. Abrams quote unquote Star Trek universe for them to approach the fact that they can connect with the ongoing. Uh, next generation universe and somehow do sort of a mirror mirror type movie or episode about yeah. that which I think would be interesting but that's 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 for a Star Trek podcast this is a game podcast yeah I guess the most the, the most important thing we mentioned about Star Trek online and, and maybe the reason that I redownloaded again just to check this out is that they have made a virtual Leonard Nimoy memorial in the game. Uh, I'm not sure how the heck you get to it. I'm sure it's probably right at Starfleet headquarters in San Francisco or something that effect. Or, uh, it's probably on Vulcan, I would imagine. Yeah, but wait. But is Vulcan around? It should is... be in the... Yeah, oh, yeah that's true. That's it's, right. only in, it's only in the Abrams uh, t- Timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly, <laughs> yeah. fuck that shit. Yeah, that's Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah, that's I know. That's, it's completely different from Star Trek. <laughs> That's the British version of Star Trek. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, if you're already in the game, you probably know about it. And, uh, you know, just I might that might yeah, be I worth mean, the download to go check out and pay Mr. Nimoy some props. I might go back again since I still can't get back into Marvel Heroes I, for some odd reason. So <laughs> I'm, I might pop back in and see if I still ha- have my ship. Because like I was t- telling Sean earlier, I... Uh, I bought the uh, collector's edition of the game, and with it, you were able to, as your starter ship, you could have the original series with round the cells and all that the original Enterprise was. Think, yeah. And you had blue phasers, which were, you know, you, it was it was sweet. I liked it. That sounds really cool because it, it sounds really cool because the aesthetic design and yeah. the, the sort of simplistic beauty of the original Enterprise. But when you take into account that inner that original Enterprise is what now a hundred and thirty years old, it would be like driving. Oh, it was. A I, Model I, I, didn't, I I didn't stay <laughs> in that ship for long because I was like, ah, I'm getting my ass kicked. Yeah, yeah. That's like you can compete really with twenty fourth century technology there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're, you're going against. You know, ships that make the, <laughs> well, the, the Sovereign other, class from uh, it's the Enterprise well, another, E look cheap. Yeah, that was another reason that I ended up leaving because I'm playing this game, and back then I actually had more time to play than I do now. And I thought I was playing a game a lot. And I was in that game at the start, and all of a sudden, bam, there's there's people that they're they they're flying around in sovereign ships, and I'm and their their rank is Admiral. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> How much are you playing? What Do are you not doing? underestimate the the propensity for people to get too involved in no. online games. No. I, I I was with a guild in Warcraft for a long time, and I had so many people who had beaten, you know, at the time what like Bla- the Black Temple or whatever, and had all 
epic purple gear and everything. So oh, it's yeah. Yeah. you know had their crafting levels, could craft you know amazing stuff. So it's not it's not unheard well, of. Well, yeah, to get too involved in the game. Yeah, because there was t- times in my youth when when we would play um, with uh, uh, I would play online with friends and we would start at you know eleven o'clock midnight and next thing I know the sun's coming up. And oh, we're we still had, playing. <laughs> I think we've all been there, Bill. Yep. yep. <clears throat> we've had land parties where we've got together to play like Unreal Tournament over at a friend's house and we'd link up, you know, via, you know, a, a little, little local network. Right. Uh, all of our games and we'd play from like about eight o'clock. Uh, well, probably, you know, we'd start around five o'clock in the afternoon and we wouldn't get done till like five o'clock in the morning, just <laughs> playing different maps and everything and killing everyone yeah. and. So yeah, there's there's how it goes. Well, kind of a segue. Did you ever play the Elite Force games? Yes, in fact, I did. In fact, uh, that was one of the ones that was on my list of uh, games I'd played and games I really enjoyed. I, I like the Elite Force game because it, it made the Voyager cast kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I like the. Uh, it, it was. I think it was a port of the Quake uh, engine, which at the I time was right, pretty yeah. nice. Uh, it got some of the voice cast in there. I, I know it had Tuvok in there. I think mm-hmm. it had Bolana Torres in there and Neelix mm-hmm. as well. And I, I want to give it some credit because it was one of the first games that I can think of that allowed the main character to, to choose whether or not it was going to be a male or female character. Because huh. a lot of times in first-person shooters, it's always a male character doing this. Yeah. And... This one allowed you to, you know, to choose uh, male or female characters, which was kind of nice. It, it at least allowed the idea that there would be females playing this because I actually, like I said, with that pro- previous thing about having land parties, we had a couple of female players who would come to these land parties and they would usually kick some ass. During <laughs> so do not underestimate the female gamers. They will no. they will hurt you if they want to. <laughs> well, one thing that was interesting, I don't remember if it was the first game or the second game, but one of them told a story, the opening of the game, I think it was the second part, was what took place um, in the final episode of Voyager. There is a part that happens to where uh, Voyager is captured in a Borg cube or a Borg sp- sphere. And it just busts out of it, and then this this is when it was on its final way back to Earth. In like the I I, I think it was the last episode. Well, in the game, <clears throat> you are in Voyager when you are in that cube, and it tells the story. Uh, you actually have to go in and fr- and you have to go through the Borg cube or uh. sphere or whatever, and you free Voyager by your actions in the game. Hmm. I think that may be the second one because I know the yeah, first one had one of some the interaction. Two, and I don't remember that from. Yeah, because two, you were actually player. in Elite Force Two. You were back in Starfleet. Yeah, that's right. You were back in Starfleet, and you were. Uh, I think you ended up being stationed on d- d- different ships, and how they were bringing the Elite Force into the Federation or whatever. They were integrating it into Starfleet itself. Hmm. From. From what I because you weren't on Voyager, uh, you, you were on Voyager for part of it, but I think there was. Yeah, a, I noticed on our ships. list here that the first one is specifically stated Star Trek Voyager Elite Force, and the second one is just Star Trek Elite Force Two. So they oh okay they, they right. definitely opened things up by the yeah. looks of it there. So so that was kind of neat that that it told a behind the scenes story, um, 
well, that you didn't get to see. The, the, I guess the only way you got to see it was to play the game. Yeah. Well, you know, and that kind of, you know, going back to what we were talking about at the beginning is what we thought makes a good Star Trek game. Uh, for me, that's one of the things. It has to tell a good story. It's got to have mm-hmm. good interactivity. It's nice to have the characters in there. And if you can get the character voice actors to come on and do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, so there was that's a lot a, of over the years. They, they scored a lot of good... You know, good celebrity yeah. cameos in those games. Leonard Nimoy was in, uh, he did a lot of voice stuff for the original Star Trek o- online game, which mm-hmm. obviously they can't do anymore if they have updates. Um, but he was, uh, when you first started, you know, like as you would go from sector to sector, he would explain what's going on in this sector from what I remember playing it. On that note, and, why don't we. Uh, we go down our top five lists um, and kind okay, of sure. we'll just right. chat chat about each one of them and see how many of the criteria you know this particular game meets for us or did at the time. Um, yeah, and just do a little mini review, I guess. And um, okay. I'm sure we've probably got a lot of similarity in our top five lists, so I'm, I'm okay. excited to to see where we're at with that. But uh, uh, who wants volunteers? to go first? Go ahead, uh, Scott. You sure? All right. Yeah, go right ahead. Uh, let's see here. Well, I had to give... Uh, this is in kind of no particular order either, I guess. Um, but I had to go with the original 1982 arcade game we were talking about a little while ago, um, the Strategic Operations Simulator. And I think I have to piggyback the, you know, maybe a tie for for the older games with that one with the original, you know, basic programs that we were talking about, the ones that we had in our TRS-80 um computers because they were just so monumental to building the vast Star Trek game universe we have now. You know, all these literally dozens, maybe a hundred games that have been produced over the years. And, uh, you know, just games in general. I mean, it's, it's very appropriate that Star Trek would be, you know, involved in the dawn of video game history as well. Um, so, yeah, I got to go with that one. I mean, just as you said, Sean and Bill, just sitting in that uh, arcade game and and having, you know, D7 Klingon battle cruisers coming at you and shooting a <laughs> photon torpedo and blasting the hell out of them was just, you know, it was some of my earliest nerdgasms that I can remember. <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, I was just playing it online, you know, before we got into this, and it was just took me right back. But, uh as I said, Rathacon had us all like, oh my god, spaceship battles, you know, and that isn't just blue phasers hitting a ship and it disintegrating. You know, the Rathacon showed us ships blasting apart, and while this was only vector graphics, you still kind of got that feeling of it. And so, yeah, that definitely showed you the potential that, you know, games could put you into that Star Trek universe, and, and gotta, gotta be on my list. Reliant is closing. Estimating nebular penetration in 2.2 minutes. They just don't want us going in there. We are now entering the Motara Nebula. Could you use another hand, Admiral? I shall avenge you. I'm laughing at the superior intellect. Um, kind of the natural progression was uh, 1997 Starfleet Academy and uh, Klingon Academy came out in the year 2000. Welcome, cadets. I am Commandant Ax Rothro, and I am very proud to welcome you to Starfleet Academy Command School. 
Ever since Starfleet Academy was founded, the United Federation of Planets has sought the best and the brightest from over a thousand worlds. Um, which was full-on, you know, Starship Simulator. Do either of you guys read those or play either of those? Yeah, I think I played uh, Starfleet Academy, uh, which was uh, these. I think these kind of fell on the tail of the the popularity of the Star Wars X Wing yeah. uh, games, yeah. and they yeah. they had a sort of similar feel to them. They were joystick based rather than uh, keyboard based, although you could play them on a keyboard, and they were more tactical fighter type games right but i uh, think they I, what i felt was that they really nailed the physics down they had a lot of different size ships but you felt like you were in a bigger ship i mean you yeah, felt like it, you were in this hulking and that's the way star trek combat sh- should feel to me you know it should yeah, be the yeah. the submarine you know battle in wrath of khan it should be you know slow moving ships well, those that are moving the... at the speed of light but slow moving speed of light ships that are blasting the hell out of each other and have to do it tactically and aren't just blasting away. Those those had Sulu, Chekhov, and uh, Kirk in them too, right? Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. great and a great, I mean, that that was kind of like the reboot Star Trek movie I wanted to see. And it was rumored for so long that they were going to do either a Starfleet Academy series or a movie that was like you know, and they kind of did with the new Trek reboot, but then they went crazy, and um, <laughs> we didn't really get Trek, in my opinion. It is now my distinct honor to introduce the new Chief of Command School. I'm Captain Hikaru Sulu. I'll be with you the next two years before I take command of the USS Excelsior. But, um, yeah, it had a really good storyline about, like, basically pre-2000, you know, pre-9-11, kind of a story about terrorists within the, you know, Federation, which they've done that before plenty of times. But, uh, you know, any young group of cadets getting thrown into situations that they're not ready for. But, I mean, it also had, like, you know, your Starfleet dream starship simulator where you could battle any other ship and all that good stuff. And Welcome to Command College. You've just embarked on the most challenging course that the Academy has to offer, and also the most rewarding. It is often said that command school cadets are the best of the best, and it's also said that uh, I commanded the best, the best ship and the best crew. Truth is, there's no such thing as the best. One ship may be brand new, state-of-the-art, but it also has countless bugs to work out. Another ship may be 100 years old and uh, shake like a rattle, but the bugs are long gone, and that's why she's 100 years old. Same goes for your crew. They may be technical wizards, but if they can't work as a team, their skills are useless to you. When you meet your crew, you'll find a thousand abilities and talents and flaws all crackling against each other. And that's where you come in. Those of you who succeed in building a team will be among the elite few to take us to the stars. Good luck, fair weather, and never forget that risk is your business. Yeah, the voice actors, that's just 
Klingon Academy did it uh, later, and they actually that was set. The story and that was set right before, like right after Star Trek V, and right before Star Trek VI. So I mean, these all moved within the the movie continuity too, quite nicely. Yeah, and because that 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 had Christopher Plummer was yeah. yeah. Gen- yeah, Gen- it's Gen- like, you know, how many video games are you going to find where Christopher Plummer came out of the woodwork to do some <laughs> voice work for him? I mean, that's, that's, fuck, that's Star Trek, boys and girls. That's, that's the power. And, and not not only voice work, <laughs> but he did that full motion video as well. And that thing, yeah. if I recall, that game came at the time on like six CDs. Yeah. That was oh, a yeah. huge game. So yeah. there was plenty of stuff. I'm certain the computers at the time were just bursting you know, playing that game, yeah. running off the CD drives. Oh, so, yeah. but yeah, that was a fun one, and it it, it did give you that feel. It, it did give you the feel of Starfleet combat that was a little different than what we get in some other games. It gave you three dimensional Starfleet combat, but it was that sort of it. It differed from the X Wing versus Tie Fighter, the X Wing and Tie Fighter games, and it wasn't it wasn't zippy little quick ships. It was right. these sort of slow lumbering submarine type ship so that was definitely a fun one i am not interested in the names of your fathers nor of your family's lineage what i am interested in is your breaking point cry woe destruction ruin and decay the worst is death so today we are at war Life's but a walking shadow. It's a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as I said, just the, the continuity. I mean, the only thing it really lacked was was the away team experience, but, I mean, you got that a little bit through the storytelling, which made up for a lot in my book. Um... Uh, we'll go back to Star Trek, the 25th anniversary in 1992. I mean, uh, it's probably the closest thing to actually being in, like, an episode of the original series you were going to find on the computer or a console or anything. And it well, probably yeah. still holds up really well in that respect. Um, yeah, because the missions were actually done up as an episode. When yeah. you started it, it, they had an actual opening credit sequence for your mission. Yeah, with, it's beautiful. With, I mean, it just set it. the atmosphere and set the uh, set the the mood for it from the get go. You know, that's for me. That's that's ninety percent of your battle as a game, anyway. If you can put me into the world like that, I'll, I'll forgive a lot of things. You know, as far as gameplay or maybe some aged graphics, but you immerse me and you make me believe that this is where I am. Then. Um, I'm all yours for as long as you want me. <laughs> and, and for those of you who don't know what the Star Trek 25th anniversary and its, its sort of sequel Judgment Rights were like, if you know what the games Maniac Mansion or Day of the Tentacle or Sam and Max, it was similar to that. It was sort of mm-hmm. point-and-click adventure yeah. where you would take you know, Kirk, Spock, and different members of the crew to different planets and uh, you know, engage in different things. It was a lot of puzzle solving, but it had and very linear. But yeah, it was very linear. But it definitely had the feel of an original series show done on your computer. And that's yeah. one of the things that 
in, in my estimation, is an example of a really good game. Yeah, and, and a it, lot of the problem-solving puzzles were pretty difficult. So there was yeah, a, yeah. there was a pretty good learning curve to get this game completed. Yeah, honestly, and, I don't think I ever completed it or even got you know hugely. I, I got pretty far in it, but I, I know I never completed it. Well, I mean, we, what I loved about it is that it didn't feel the need to rely on. As we were talking about in the online game, every mission has to end in a firefight. You know, you actually had some, like, help this planet's, you know, terraforming equipment and stuff like that. I don't remember if that was exactly a mission, but, you know, it had stuff like that where you had to maybe overcome, occasionally had to fight some of the local fauna, you know, alien creatures and stuff like that. But, you know, it wasn't always just throwing down the Klingons or the Romulans. That was nice. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I remember that the hardest thing about that game was some of the space combat. And, like, the final mission of that, if I remember correctly, you have to fight a duplicate Enterprise. Mm. And I don't even remember if I ever finally beat that thing. It was so hard. Yeah, I think I remember you're, you're, you're fighting from the bridge of the Enterprise. And you're looking yeah. at the view screen. And you're trying to fight with the, the keyboard, maneuver the keyboard, and fire phasers using just the arrow keys. I don't think yeah. at the time you even had a mouse. No. So uh, yeah, you were using arrow keys and maybe the space bar to try and maneuver around, and it was it was tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but and they was, made the physics of that a big, you know, large lumbering ship. You weren't turning on a dime and stuff either. It was right. It's kind of a labored process. And one of those, either in Judgment Rights or the 25th an- an- anniversary, and uh, Scott Gardner would like this, it had goddamn Harry Mud. <laughs> so, I, I never got around to Judgment Rights, See, unfortunately. And, and, I, and actually, I think one of them, either the 25th anniversary or I think Judgment Rights had a, a, a deluxe version of it that had an extra CD that had the voice actors reading Ooh, the dialogue on it, nice. which was pretty cool. Yeah. Mm. I don't think I had that one. But I, I went online and saw some of the uh, clips from it, and it's, it's Shatner and Nimoy mm-hmm. and uh, DeForest Kelly and uh, Takai and uh, you know Walter Koenig doing all their lines. So oh, dang, I, I think the Shell Nichols was even in there. So that's that's a bucket of fun to hear that. Yeah, it oh. just brings you into the Star Trek universe. Um, and next one I got to go with. Um, I said no particular order, but Starfleet Command, um, at least one and two, which were, was the game that was was directly based on the Starfleet Battles uh, pen and paper board game. And uh, that, I mean, Starfleet Academy was the best, you know, 3D simulator, you know, kind of puts you in the cockpit, if there is such a thing in a starship. Um, this was putting you kind of in engineering, you know. Or at least a little more in, in command of all the different systems, and you know the power, lo- you know, locating and uh, that just the top-down, real bare bones uh, tactical stuff. And I, as I said, I loved uh, Starfleet Battles and was thrilled when I heard they were making this game. And I said I owned one and two and played the hell out of them. Uh, the development past two had some problems, and I guess three. I think I played three. One and two was set specifically in the original series, and uh, three. I think they went for next generation. I don't think I liked three as much because um, I think they changed a lot of the mechanics of the games, and it just felt a lot less like Starfleet Battles than the first two did. But definitely one of my favorites. I'm not great graphics. I mean. For the time, they didn't really go out of their way for it, and um, they just they concentrated on the statistics and the 
and the simulation of, you know, the inner workings of, of your starships and, and how they do what they do, which is what I always loved about Starfleet Battles. So and it did all that messy, you know, math for you and stuff, and you didn't have to move counters on a piece of paper. I think, you know, how we used to do it is like the energy levels on a piece of paper was like little levers that you'd make with a nickel. Um, so that was cool. Um, definitely two of my favorites there. Uh, bridge Commander um, is probably the best bridge experience of all of them I've played. Uh, it's kind of a logical evolution of, of Starfleet Academy. Um and really good, I mean, really solid linear storyline, too, which I, I kind of escapes me what the exact plot was. But essentially, you were given a sovereign class, you know, uh, starship to tool around in and, and battle people with and do different missions. And, and there, was, like, there, was, there was one of your, um, I remember from back then, there's one of your uh, bridge officers looked like The Rock, looked like Dwayne Johnson. I, I just I distinctly remember that because I I was uh, I had a subscription to PC Gamer at that time when that game came out and somebody said oh and here's Lieutenant So and So AKA The Rock and I was like hmm. he does look like The Rock <laughs> sorry go ahead no that's all right but I mean that's what appealed to me about that game was mostly that the idea where you got to zap around in the different stations in real time and with great graphics, you know, unlike Starfleet Battles where it was all turn-based. And then but you could jump like, outside the ship in that too, couldn't you? Cause yeah, oh yeah, that. and watch I mean, the, the battles in 3D basically. And yeah, you still kind of had to fly the ship kind of like a fighter um, ultimately, but I mean it still had those good big ship physics, especially with a Sovereign class. And uh, just really some amazing graphics of the time. Engaging to destroy, Captain. still holds up pretty well nowadays. I actually had it installed not too long ago uh, and was playing it to my CD-ROM drive with the dust. Um, but yeah, I think they, I, I'm fairly certain they had at least uh, Patrick Stewart voice on that one. I think they might have even had Worf. The Federation vessel is only as good as its crew. This point cannot be overstated. It is this interaction with a well-trained crew that allows a starship to operate with a singular purpose. Captain, the bridge is yours. If you would like, take a moment to inspect each of the stations. If you would like any advice, feel free to consult with me. Yeah, uh, I just kind of two runners-up, though. I don't know if either of you got to play the Starfleet Armada games. That was more just, yeah, yeah, crazy real-time strategy, top-down starship battles. Mm -hmm. Um... Which, you got to play the Borg, you got to play the other races. Yeah, that's right. And the storylines, I think you actually could do several different storylines where they interweaved, you know, they kind of shot you around to the different players. I don't think I ever got to play Armada 2, but I, I definitely had Starfleet Armada for a while. Um, got a little repetitious, maybe. I mean, I've never been a huge fan of just, like, the Zerging, you know, huge army real-time strategy stuff. Uh, always been the slower... Um, strategy 
turn-based guy, which brings me to my next runner-up, which was Birth of the Federation, which I don't know if uh, you guys ever played. I don't think it, it did as well as some of them. It was basically Master was of like, Orion. Yeah, because I remember Star Trek playing that, team. but I don't remember... Like, I... I remember it, but I don't remember playing it. But I remember it was like Civilization or or Master of Orion. Like it was said. a little evil. I mean, you could play like you could play any of the races, um, and you play the Federation as mostly diplomatic. I mean, you could actually take over planets diplomatically. But it was a little evil for the Star Trek universe because if you wanted to, you could be, you know, the. the the Star Trek equivalent of Gandhi in the Civilization games with nuclear weapons, you know, the, the peaceful federation going out and conquering the entire galaxy with its superior <laughs> weaponry. You know, I, I always, you know, for the sake of the, the better angels of the universe, always tried to play the uh, federation as diplomats, and then if I wanted to get my violence on, I went and played the uh, Klingons. Because everyone hates the Klingons. Word. Um... <laughs> But yeah, that's that's pretty much my list. As I said, I'm, I'm sure you guys will have similar ones, but have at it. Okay, go ahead, Bill. Um, mine, uh, yeah, I, I do have a lot of duplicates. Um, uh, I've got the arcade game. That's that's on. I, I don't have them in any particular order, but yeah, the ar- the arcade sit down game, like we said at the beginning, that 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 for me was just awesome. It was just that was the first time and probably one of the best times yeah the, the worst the first of times the best of times truly <laughs> um your star now, trek cherry had been broken <laughs> yeah um i also have the 25th and the anniversary game uh because that was the, the the first real home pc experience that i had with star trek to where i could play it I mean, in, in a really beautiful picture, other than just dots and, yeah, you know, that 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 was so so immersive with the puzzles and with the voice acting and the space combat wasn't too bad, but it was it was well the last one was hard, but but other than that, it was it, it was all around just a just a great game. Um, I also have. Um, Star Trek Armada 2 on my list. Okay. Um, the first one was okay, but the second one really kicked it up a notch. And you had, I liked, I liked the real time strategy games like Command and Conquer. Mm-hmm. So that was right up my alley. I was like, yes. So that, I always that, loved them, but I just never any good at them. So. Well, plus there was mods you could get for that game. And once we get done with the list, I want to talk about mods for games because I can go on about that too. Um, which that could probably be to show in, in itself modding of games of existing games. Oh yeah, but Star Trek Armada Two was 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 good for that. And from what I understand, it's still around today, and I guess it still has an active modding community, which I might need to see if I could find my old copy and maybe take it for a spin. Um, I also have uh, I put. Elite Force 2 on my list mm-hmm. uh, for many of the reasons listed before. I used to love love the multiplayer in in that and um, um, just just the overall uh, I mean the Quake engine back in the day was pretty cool 
and they really had the skins down for the ships. You felt like you were running around on Voyager, or you were on a on a Federation ship, or you were in some alien cave. E even with the graphics back then. I mean, now, you know, of course, games today would make it look puny, but but for then, that that for me was just a great experience. And my last uh, one, even though I left it for the good points it had I'm going to put the online game Star Trek Online mm -hmm. because and maybe I need to get, give it a spin again to see how, how it's changed but uh, I mean f I, I was really on the edge and it was one of those games where I said I'm going to play this game forever but <laughs> yeah but I mean now it's free to play just for I mean well yeah it was, I'd tell anybody that's a Star Trek fan to just go wander around in it you know yeah, even if you don't do anything just wander around in a virtual Federation for a while and I, mean, yeah, I doubt you'd I, be disappointed I mean fifteen bucks a month part of it was the cost where you're like yeah yeah, yeah. now that it's free you know maybe I need to go back and see if I can pull my ship out of mothballs and uh, <laughs> take a spin around the galaxy and blast some Klingons mm -hmm. or Gorns. Uh, so yeah, that's that's my that's my 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 five my top five Star Trek games. Well done. Okay. Well, uh, mine are going to have a few crossovers, but I've got mine in sort of an order. I mean, it's they're all fun to play, but I had to put uh, my my number five game would have had to have been either Apple Trek or the original Star Trek sort of text based DOS game. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, I loved playing Starfleet battles with my friends, and this was me being able to play Starfleet Battles without having to wrangle up a bunch of people and rolling dice and trying to calculate all this stuff. It was all done on the computer and it was quick and easy and it was just a heck of a lot of fun. So that'd have to be my number five. Number four comes in at Star Trek Starfleet Command number two. I, again, harping back to the idea of Starfleet Battles, yeah. this was a brilliant port of that game. It, it, it enhanced on the things that happened in the original Starfleet battles. I think you got more control over how to allocate power to repairing shields. Hmm. I'm not certain if I remember. I don't know if it's the third one where you could actually train your crew or enhance your uh, like your engineer and your uh, uh, tactical or your right. I think uh, they might have some people. aspects of that in the second one. That I think they added familiar. that in the second one or the third one. Ed. But when they started doing that, that allowed you to actually target certain things on different ships so you could actually fire your phasers and try and disable their engines yeah. rather than just firing their phasers and blowing them up and or it being a random hit so i like that aspect of it it was either in two it, it either started in two and went on to three or it started in three but when they started to do that i thought that made it a lot better because that way you can disable the ship if you want to take out their engines, you can take out their engines. If you want to take out their reactor to take down the warp core, that's done. And, yeah, and that kind of detail was always present in the board game. I mean, you <clears> could <throat> do literally anything in the board game you could pretty much think of. They figured out a stat for it. After that comes uh, Star Trek Voyager Elite Force. Uh, at the time, it was kind of blocky. I think it was 
Unreal, like I said, it was the Unreal graphics engine, which at the time was kind of blocky. But the fact that it it immersed you in the 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 Voyager ship and put you up against or put you up with the characters, and you got to interact with the Voyager characters and talk with Tuvok and have him sort of tell you what to do and give you missions and stuff. Plus, the first person shooter aspect was always fun. I, I loved. At the time, computer-based first-person shooters. Those were my favorite type of games. Mm -hmm. Which leads into my number two, which was Star Trek The Next Generation Klingon Honor Guard. And I don't know if you guys ever played this. I think I owned that at one point, yeah. because No, I didn't play that. It was, uh, it, I think it was a, an earlier version. It may have been the Quake 1 engine. So, or... Yeah, I think it was the Quake One engine, and it was it was a lot blockier than Elite Force. But you basically played a Klingon warrior, and you'd get the generic Klingon weapons like a disruptor pistol, disruptor rifle, and uh, the the weapons grade would go up. But eventually, you could get a Klingon batleth, mm -hmm. and basically, you could go around hacking people up with a batleth. And if you got close enough to them. One batleth blow would take pretty much anyone down. It was. It was the BFG of the uh, Klingon it was. Doom game, <laughs> and it, it was it was just so fun. Klingons do not laugh. There was another video game I know that was a sort of uh, port or sort of a, it was kind of a, a, a companion game to Duke Nukem called Shadow Warrior, where you could fight with a sword. Klingon, uh, you know, Klingon Honor Guard was far superior to that. You get mm -hmm. to hack people up with a batleth, and that yeah. was just the most fun. <laughs> Klingons do not allow themselves to be probed. And, and and for me, because I love Starfleet battles again, my number one was actually Starfleet Command Three. <clears throat> I know you were kind of disappointed with it, Scott, but I liked that they took it into the next generation role. I liked being able to do the bigger, more powerful ships. Especially getting the uh, the sovereign class for the the Federation, and getting to play the Borg in a sort of uh, bunch of mini missions. Granted, the Borg didn't really have all that much of a storyline in that, but it was fun, you know, getting a Borg cube and playing online or playing in a land game against a bunch of Federation people and just wiping them out with this one Borg cube. It was it was awesome. So that would have been my favorite. But there's a uh, there's a lot of other games I don't think we've mentioned. Are there, for, for honorable mentions, of course, I'd have to do the Star Trek 25th anniversary special and Judgment Rights because they just felt like they felt like Star Trek. Yeah. They felt like a Star Trek TV show that you had interaction with. And that yeah. was always fun. You were part of the crew. You got to be the red shirt that survived. Essentially. <laughs> and then I don't know if you guys ever played this. There was a console version. I think this is the one. It's called Star Trek The Next Generation Echoes from the Past. And I think I had this for my uh, Sega Genesis. And it was basically a sort of platformer puzzler where you played uh, members of the Next Generation crew who had to go to a Romulan planet to solve all these little puzzles and it was an interesting little game and you eventually encounter like Romulan ships and you'd have sort of you'd have sort of top down space battles that were the uh, the space battles were a little bit more quick action mm -hmm. than you would expect them they weren't like uh the Starfleet Academy or Klingon Academy, you'd see a top-down version of the Enterprise D 
fighting against Romulan ships and firing phasers and photon torpedoes and stuff like that. Kind of armada like then. Yeah, kind of kind of like that. But you you were more in control of the ship. It was it was joystick based. It was mm-hmm. like for the Sega Genesis for the Nintendo sixty four at the time, or not the Super Nintendo at the time. But it was a fun game, and I, I think it captured some of that sort of strategy aspect of like the 25th anniversary game right. but with the next generation characters nice nice yeah i'm going down the list again here and it's just even for consoles it's just a ridiculous number of games that came out i mean i yeah there was i, I know a lot of these were like text-based and, and things like a lot of them came out obviously around uh next generation time and they did a first contact they've done a lot of movie games which i've played mm-hmm. like almost none of them well there well there was a couple that we didn't mention that I didn't bring bring, bring up yet um one of which was uh, uh did, did either of you play the Star Trek Deep Space 9 game The Fallen? Um no I didn't. I think I may have downloaded a demo of that. And unfortunately Deep Space 9 as much as I love Deep Space 9 as a show, the game's never really never really glommed on to me. What was that game like? Well, <laughs> uh oh. I played the Fallen, and you you could either play um, as Cisco, Kira, or Worf. Um, yeah. There was points in it that it had some interesting things in it, to where you had to use the tricorder a lot because you would scan for hidden like ways to get through stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it got to a point that well, it could be pr- pretty scary. Um, but it got to a point to where I just wanted to get through the game because I was getting so frustrated with it that I finally had to use cheat codes because I got tired of trying to find my way through friggin' doors with a tricorder. You know, it's like, it, it was it, it was almost like it went too deep into a Star Trek game. And it's like, okay, I got to get through this door. What's the frequency? Bleep, 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 I think bleep, I might have owned that one too. I, it's hard <laughs> to remember. I'm always swear. But, but. I, I mean, the plot was kind of in, in, interesting because it, it brought in <laughs> stuff like the race and, and and stuff. And and, and it, I thought its story was great, but uh, but the gameplay was just so frustrating that that, like I said, finally I just cheated. You know, you know, t- typed in ghost. Walk through walls, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know. Okay, yeah. Let's just find my way through this. Turn on God mode. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, but the problem was sometimes if you used Ghost, you 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 had to make sure that you turned it off at a certain point because if because you didn't go through a certain door, it wouldn't wouldn't save for it, you or something. Well, it wouldn't register that you had completed it. Ah. Uh, like you had to actually unlock that freaking door <laughs> to actually progress in the game. Please enter password. So, it just doesn't seem right in a world of Star Trek where doors are all supposed to open for you. Yeah. I I honestly don't even remember <laughs> if I actually finished the game. It's because it's been that, that long. Another Deep Space Nine game was Dominion Wars, which at first seemed like, fuck yeah, I'm fighting the Jem'Hadar. Yeah. Yeah, the Dominion. All right. Oh, God. Another tedious one. Just, just good on paper on execution I just didn't I couldn't get into it it wasn't it's it just was not as good as um, Starfleet Command series which I don't even remember a lot from Starfleet Command but it's it, it seems like they dumbed a lot down for Dominion Wars but at the same time made it more ponderous 
Yeah. That you just, it just, it was, just, I, I, again, another one that I don't even remember it, if I finished it or not. That one was actually um, put out by Simon and Schuster. They put out quite a few over the years. and mm-hmm. So it's kind of weird to see that the companies that have been involved in Star Trek games that have been uh, Interplay did a lot of the early ones Simon and Schuster yeah. uh, Strategic Simulations did one for Apple in 1982 which I've never heard of the Warp Factor now uh, the 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 New Worlds game I think I bought that one too I remember that one too and I kind of enjoyed that I, I definitely enjoyed the premise of it um, maybe you can remind me what was it? it because I, I think it, it was one of the ones that as soon as I bought it I turned around and brought it back up and I turned it in for credit and I traded it back in and I bought something else because it, it was hard I mean it was kind of like I don't even what, know was what it game kind of like was it like a set- yeah it was like a settlers game wasn't it yeah, basically, but you had nice, I mean, it had some pretty good 3D graphics, and yeah, you had, like, your little, you know, terraforming shuttles and stuff, and, you know, your shuttles that went out and built your construction yard, and so it was kind of like a 3D civilization-type game. You're actually, like, settling, and eventually you do get into fights and stuff, um, but it was kind of neat. I mean, it was it was kind of... I mean, it, it definitely satisfied kind of the exploration and seeing the, the jobs of the Federation that you don't normally see in a Star Trek show. So that stuff yeah, always but, kind of intrigued me. Yeah. But yeah. it was a hard game, and I, I never got very far into it. I probably gave it up pretty quickly. But, I mean, the, the concept was sound, but, I, again, I don't think the, the execution was all that great. I don't think we've talked too much about the, the, the next-gen version um, l- that was kind of like the successor to Judgment Rights and the 25th anniversary game of Final Unity. Captain's Log, Stardate 47111.1. A Federation listening post along the Romulan neutral zone has detected an unidentified vessel headed for Federation space. The Enterprise is moving to intercept. At its reported heading and velocity, the vessel will enter Federation space in approximately 47.3 seconds. Go to yellow alert. We have the vessel on sensors. The ship is a Garidian scout ship. They are driving their engines too hard. Their warp core is critical. The Garidians? What is the status of their relationship with the Romulan Empire? They're on friendly terms and may share technology. We are being hailed. On screen. Help us. We are fleeing political persecution. We seek asylum. We are being persecuted. Their signal is breaking up. What do you make of this, number one? It could be a trick. The Garidians have earned a reputation as honorable warriors, Captain. They do not ordinarily resort to trickery. We are within visual range. The Garidians warp drive is failing. They are dropping to sublight speed inside Federation space. Slow to impulse. Warbird decloaking directly ahead. Warbird is also Viridian. They are hailing us. This is an internal Viridian matter. Withdraw at once. You are violating Federation space. They have cut off transmission. The Warbird has locked its tractor beam onto the scout ship. Go to red alert. I never got to play that one, actually. Oh, you never played that? No. No. Oh, because that was that had the voice cast. Oh, maybe uh, I did. Yes, I did actually. 
All right, I guess I played more of them than I thought I did. Yeah, I definitely played that. Yeah, that I'm had the it voice cast. It was just like the uh, just like the others. It had the voice cast from the show. Yeah, yeah, and, that one was and, really good. And actually, it was it was the same it was the same formula you went through. It was it was it was like each 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 mission was an um an it episode. Like, yeah, uh, that was a good one too. That one. Maybe yep. I should have actually put that on my top five because now. Yeah, I, I completely forgot about that one, Bill. Actually, that's just. Yeah, because that was. Because it did. I had like yeah, you you got to pick your away team and you had like the little point and click adventure. And that was out when Next Gen was still on TV, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Uh, nineteen ninety five. Yeah. Right oh here, wait, so, then yeah. that was just wait that was just after it ended because oh wait no it, it was still. Yeah, it was because still on in 94 was when Generations came, came out. out. That's right. Yeah, okay. That's right. It was still on. Now, do you guys either you have the, I mean, one of my prized possessions still is my, you know, Star Trek technical manual from the 70s um, that I think I might have stolen from a library or something. Um yeah, but anyway, I'm right now, right, right next to my Star Trek encyclopedia, right next to Star Trek where no man has gone before. But I, I gobbled up <laughs> all those things on the computer too, because they had a Next Generation technical manual. Um, they had Captain's Chair, which you could roam around. Oh yeah, I there was a you lot. You could roam of around the Defiant. You could roam around Voyager and like the you know the. Wasn't there one that had like all the. Had all the, there was some interactive one. Well, there was one where you could learn Klingon, I think. Yeah. Then yeah, that was basically Star Trek Klingon, which which only, which I did have, which was basically uh, one of those um, like an once it had full motion video, right? It well it had full motion video, but it had what's his name, Robert O'Reilly, who paid Galron from uh, Next Generation and Deep Space Nine. Oh, yeah. The man the who does not big, blink. Yeah, the guy with the big Barty Feldman bug eyes. Yeah. <laughs> bug eye Klingon, you know, telling you what to do. And blink, damn it, blink! Just huge it was directed by uh, Riker himself, Jonathan yep. Frakes. Jonathan yeah. Frakes actually directed that one. Did that also... There was one of those things that came with a disc where it had all of the... Uh, next time on Star Trek, the next generation. It, 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 it had all the previews to the... Sh- you know, the... The coming attractions for 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 the shows. I know they may have released some because I actually went out and uh, when we were starting up the listen to the prophets thing, I thought, well, I need some reference material for this, and they had online a Deep Space Nine a CD-ROM companion, and it had all of the promos for the shows. Maybe that's what so I'm thinking. Maybe they had one like that for uh, Next Generation as well. Yeah, I think I've got that in my stack of CDs over on the other side of the garage. I'm not going to dig through now. <laughs> oh, uh, before I forget, there was one game that I remember that it was the best Star Trek game that we never got, apparently. Um, at least the best looking. And that was uh, Vulcan Fury or Secret of Vulcan Fury. Hmm. Um, I've I've got a link here for it. I'll put it in the chat. But it, well, it's also on the uh, on the history of Star Trek games. If you scroll down to 1999, The Secret of Vulcan Fury. Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, cover art for it. And yeah, it you looks, see that cover art? That looks impressive. That, that's it's good. Yeah, it does. I was it, drooling over that, and and they 
there there was a write up in PC Gamer on it, and it was you know, it's like yes, 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 yes. It, it was going to be like a like a continuation of um, 25th anniversary. Yeah, and- yeah, and it just it it never came out. It was too expensive to. Re- I mean, they it had pedigree. You had uh, DC Fontana. You had people that had directed episodes original, but it was just too expensive, and it just it was canceled. Yeah, it looks well, like it was in uh, Interplay's Problem Days 2, which is probably what happened to it. Yeah, because this was about time where Interplay, that was releasing the Starfleet uh, Command games, yeah. uh, traded it over to, I think, uh, Taldron or Taldron and maybe Raven after that. And I then Activision like, eventually got yeah, a Activision lot of them. Yeah. yeah. So that would have been cool to see an actual sort of... Uh, better rendered computer version of the the cast and crew doing judgment right or not not judgment rights but uh, uh yeah judgment right types uh interaction that that would have been awesome to yeah because if you game. if you click on that um on the uh, uh blah, 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 the the cover art that'll blow up and you could see the actual gameplay screenshots and and how oh man I would have I was I was so excited for this game and it just never happened <laughs> so so sad oh yeah and it's got it's got images of them in the sort of shiny boxy space c- contamination suits yeah. it's got yep. spock giving the mind meld to some vulcan mm-hmm. character oh man the 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 graphics that they got on the characters look good they've got you know all of deforest kelly's bowls. this is graphics yeah. we get today i mean yeah. this, this this game was way ahead of itself this yeah. is this is pretty stunning. I mean, now, granted, for 1999, the the lip motion probably would have been a bit out of place. I mean, right. we see really good stuff on the current next gen consoles, but this is impressive, at least from these screenshots. So, yeah. I mean, look at the mole. You can see the moles on DeForest Kelly's face. <laughs> yeah. that, that's <laughs> yeah, that's those are really yeah. yeah, it really is. Well, shoot. I I just remembered uh, Away Team, too, that I used to play, which was very much like, uh, I don't know why, I mean, that was more generic, that came out around the same time as Elite Force, I think, and it was was around the same idea, you basically have your your Away Team, uh, but it uh, mostly kind of devolved into combat, it was a shooter, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah, Um, I kind of, yeah, I think I did, oh, that's right. That's right. It was like Baldur's Gate. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, it was sort of a sort of a dungeon yeah. crawler type game. It had the three quarter isometric look down view. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do kind of remember that one. I remember that, but I don't think I ever played that. Away team, I thought it was a first person shooter. Maybe I'm. That's no, crazy. that's not the way they're describing it. Okay. Oh. I know I used to own it, and I probably would have enjoyed that greatly. But again, probably not good at it, or I was between computers. Or now, I also played. Uh, there was a they 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 list a couple of PlayStation Two games on here, and I played a PlayStation Two game. I can't remember if it was uh, uh, what do they list here? They list PlayStation Two. I remember the twenty uh, fifth anniversary oh, on Nintendo. Um, Conquest or Encounters, or it was either Conquest or it. It, it doesn't matter. It sucked <laughs> because it had 
it oh you know what because it actually had enterprise it was actually integrated in the the tv show enterprise was okay i was trying to fly the enterprise and i couldn't it was like pass through these rings or <laughs> so, oh my so it was God, a part of the old like, Superman sixty four. Yes, yes, sixty four. Oh, yes, goodness. and I couldn't, I couldn't, get, I, 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 I just couldn't. <coughs> do it. I don't know if I was starting to get too old. Maybe that was the beginning of my no consoles for old men. But I was just like, screw this game. <laughs> this uh, is stupid. Well, maybe that. Maybe this is a good time to bring up the uh, the reboot game, the twenty thirteen Star Trek game. Have any of you guys played that? No, I, and, I have and not. We were talking no, about okay. it earlier. I mean, I've literally seen. I, I don't usually put that much stock in game reviews. I mean, I'll, if if I see a kernel of goodness in a game review and it's really cheap, I'll grab it. You know, if it's ninety nine cents, this is the one game I I wouldn't pay ninety nine cents for because the reviews were that abysmal. Yeah, um, I, I I rented it uh, for my Xbox, and you know, I got through like the first stage of it which is Kirk and Spock running across this ship to try and pull the shields up while the sun tries to bake you or something and you have to duck and hide between stuff but simply because it's sort of a first person shooter type game and I had to play it with the Xbox controller I completely sucked with it Yeah. so I, I, can, I, I have not been able to master first-person shooters on an Xbox controller. Well, that's so what turned me off, because the commercials I saw looked like a lot like Mass Effect, and I played Mass Effect 2, so you're not going to get better than that, even if you slap Star Trek on it. Um, so yeah, I just I had no interest in it, and after reading some reviews... I, I had a lot of interest in battling the Gorn. I thought that was pretty cool, and the the uh, the Kirk, the Shatner Gorn TV commercial for it was freaking brilliant. I'd love it. I could watch that a hundred times before I ever pick up the game. But you keep getting me killed. I thought you had my back. Oh, not again. No, never had any interest in what you're telling me. It was a good call on my part. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. If you could get it for cheap, and if you really want to pain yourself, I guess you could get it. But I wouldn't recommend going out and paying top dollar for it. Yeah, I, I probably will grab it eventually. I mean, I'm easy that way. I and mean, I, I've, I've knowingly picked up bad intellectual property games before, just because I want to inhabit that world for a little bit, even if it sucks. Yeah. So yeah, I'll eventually grab it, but I'm hoping that uh, third time's the charm and we get a really good Star Trek movie next time and someone makes a really good Star Trek game out of it. But well, you know, they're, yeah, we'll see. Despite, <laughs> despite what they're... Despite Justin Lin being the director of the Fast and Furious movies, whatever you may say of that, about that, I know my good friend uh, Tom Tom DJ loves him as the director of that. 
you're also getting Simon Pegg, a, a, an actual Star Trek, Star Wars comic book nerd yeah. as one of the writers. Yeah, so it, it has a lot better. It has a lot better going for it than I think having Roberta Orsi and Alex Kurtman and even David Lindelof yeah. uh, doing that doing the movie. So I think this one actually has more potential. So I, I, I'm keeping my fingers crossed because unlike a lot of people, I've been. I haven't been a champion of New Track, but I've enjoyed it more than a lot of people have. So, but I, I, I don't want to get into that because that'll just open up a whole can of worms. And sorry, I was stuff. I've been been trying to get the sneer off my face. Yeah, it's a well beaten dead horse around here. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, one other Star Trek game that I played back in the day when I was in uh, the service. And I had money to burn. I had a Game Boy, and I had the Star Trek 25th Anniversary Game Boy game, which uh, got a rating of a wonderful rating of two and a half stars out of five. Woohoo! And then I, it was also got a 46 percent by another uh, game magazine. But uh, probably the best, the other only thing I really remember of that game was the final game in boss was the Doomsday Machine. And uh, you had to take it out. I mean, that had to be a radically different game than what you got on the Nintendo proper. Oh, yeah. It was, it was. the computer, because there's just no way to do that with a Game Boy, really. Yeah, it was not the same style. It was, it was totally a different game. You know, it was, but but it was, it was, it was okay. I wouldn't give it an F, but I guess some people did. I think Sean Sean and I, we we talked about uh, another arcade game, um, uh, Scott, did you ever play the Star Trek Voyager arcade game? No, I don't believe so. No, that's like basically um, just it's to kind sit of like down. Time Crisis. Yeah, yeah. You're just sitting there blasting at Borg and everything else that else that comes out, and you just keep bumping into your more quarters to keep shooting. Basically, you're just standing there with a with like a. Well, the sit down one was it only a sit down one, and you you had two people I- could sit in it. I believe so. I, I think uh, you, you you either had a phaser rifle or a phaser pistol. I can't remember, but it was it, it was sort of like Time Crisis or any of those shooter type games where you had to point away from the screen to reload. Yeah. Or, or, or in this case, it was to remodulate because you were facing off against the. Oh, board. that's right. That's right. You remodulate the shields. Oh, geez. To re- you had to remodulate the phasers to hit the board, but it, it was a fun game, and it also had some. Uh, characters from Voyager come along the screen that you didn't want to shoot, which you know usually when Neelix came by, I tried to shoot him as often <laughs> as possible. But that, that's for a different show. <laughs> and, and they also had—I'm trying to think—they also had another console game. Let me scroll up. They had the Voyager one, and they had Board Contact. I don't think I ever played that one. I—I I don't think I ever saw seeing uh, saw that one in any arcade. Uh, hmm. So, too bad. But yeah, that, no, I think last arcade I was in was so many ages ago. So I'm sure I've missed a lot of the more recent ones that they've come out with. But yeah, uh, one thing, uh, one of the videos that you had posted for our, our research there, Mister Two Point um, Did you watch the um, top ten that Mojo.com or whatever had the top ten Star Trek games? I, I'm sure I did, but I don't, okay, I don't well, recall what they said exactly. Well, who cares what they said? 
Well, yeah. But <laughs> the video that started after that is... We only have a million more you know, fans is, than we do. Why should we listen to them? <laughs> yeah. There was a video because it ran through and then a new video started afterward and it was an English bloke, gentleman, whatever. I'm so sorry, Andy Leyland, if you're listening. <laughs> I, I think uh, the, the preferred nomenclature is uh, resident of the United Kingdom. Oh, okay. Um, dude. <laughs> dude. English dude. Yeah. He was uh, discussing a, a mod for a game called Sins Sins of a Solar Empire, which I think I actually might have or have yeah, on a computer. Yeah, I used to have that one for a while. Well, apparently there's a Star Trek Armada 3 mod for that game, and he was talking about that on there, and it was really interesting to watch. And then that's where I was going with, I mentioned earlier about the other mods you could do to games. Um, I once played a game called uh, Not Privateer. It was kind of based on the um, Wing Commander universe, I think, from what I remember. Oh, it might have been Privateer. But no, there was one that came later. Hmm. Oh, I cannot remember. I'm totally blanking. Hold on, let me do a quick search. Vamp! Vamp, everybody! Vamp! <laughs> There was one... Either of you ever play uh, the uh, Starship? Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Still searching. No, go ahead. I'll just keep searching. Oh, the Starship, uh, Star, uh, Star Trek Starship Creator games, which were really not uh, probably very well received, um, but I kind of enjoyed them. I mean, they, there wasn't much to them. You basically kind of went into a little build-your-own-starship screen, and then it would, it would play out missions for you. It was just kind of... It was you know, kind of a business management game almost, but you just, you kind of set your, you know, you created whatever starship you wanted and, you know, put together the engines and everything and, and put your crew in there and then you sent it off on missions and it just kind of calculated Got it. for you what happened on the, on the missions. But I know why I said, uh, wing commander, because it was by Chris Roberts is the guy that developed the other game that I was thinking he, from, um, I think he had done, Wing Commander, but yeah. this game is called Freelancer. Did you guys ever play Freelancer? Oh yeah, yeah, I did for a while. Yeah. There was you could man, you could mod the crap out of that. I did Star Wars mods to where I was flying the Star Wars ships around. There was Star Trek mods. I was flying shuttlecraft. I was flying full blown Enterprises Sovereign class all through that game. I played that game. I beat that game the first time through. Then I modded it. I played it on the Star Wars mod, beat it. I played it on the Star Trek mod, beat it. I mean, it was just fun to play with the different ships. Hmm. I, that's, that's, I'm not even going to go in, because that's that's such an, an engrossing game that, oh, boy. No, I, I guess played... we could we could mention some other games that we have played that aren't specifically Star Trek games, but like at least capture the spirit of Star Trek. Well, Freelancer was more like it was more on the Star Wars side than the Star mm -hmm. Trek side, because you basically played a uh, <laughs> you were a freelancer. You 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 know you would just pilot around, trading stuff, taking bounties, you know, going after people. You know, you right. were like you were like basically you were Han Solo. So, uh, there was an old like DOS game called. Um... Maybe it's the Star Control series. That that oh, yeah. always felt where, like where, 
where, where you'd pilot your ship to different planets and was this the one where you'd go and try and mine different planets or explore different planets for different minerals or am I thinking something else? No, you could do that too, but I mean, I think the overlying plot was to like gather allies and, and technology and come, I think that was Star Control too maybe, but hmm. um, yeah, gather allies and eventually come back and kick the ass of this alien race that had taken over Earth. Uh, so you had like this one big arc ship, but you could, you know, collect other starships from other races and, and technologies and eventually build them. But it, it always had kind of the spirit of, of uh, you know, Star Trek, the, the exploration aspect of it and meeting lots of different aliens and not necessarily have to blowing them up, but talking them into being your friends. Uh, <laughs> At phaser point. Yeah. <laughs> the Kirk way was not always the best way. <laughs> and now I've been disowned by Scott Gardner you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah as I was saying uh, the, neither of you played the Starship um, creator ones no I don't I, I think I may have I think I may have gotten a demo from that back back in the days I used to uh, inhabit uh, download.com and they'd have a lot of demos for that yeah. I think I think I got the uh, Starship Creator and Bridge Commander demos there and played those. Uh, I, I don't really remember all that much from the uh, Starfleet, the Starship Creator one, though. All right. No, there wasn't much to remember. As I said, it was more, I mean, if you're into stat-heavy, like, SimCity-type stuff, it was kind of neat. But um, I, as far as, there have been a lot of movie adaptations over the years, and I haven't really played any of them. Have any of you played, like, the uh, Star Trek V one or... They even I've, had one for generations, I think. And, uh, I don't think I've played any of the adaptations for movies. I mean, I gotta no. assume they they weren't really hugely well received because they kind of usually pump games like that out. You know? Cash grab. <laughs> yeah, essentially. <laughs> um, looking at like, I, I'm just astounded that they've they've made so many of these. I haven't played, and I'm gonna have to go back and find some of them. <laughs> Especially that final Unity. Oh my god, I have to play that game again now. Can't believe I <laughs> forgot about that completely. Jeez, such an enabler, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> I've been dying to see if my pirate fans have Star Trek, or, yeah, Starfleet Command anywhere. Because I really would like to play that one again. I think that one will hold up nicely even over the years. Yeah, but do you have a machine that can run it? I have emulators, son. Uh, you have to teach me this emulator <laughs> thing. Teach me, old great one. I can run anything. All right, gentlemen. Uh, any further thoughts? No, the, st- the Star Trek universe has been a pretty good, uh, a, pr- a pretty good universe to allow people to play video games. You, you've got everything from actioners. You can have your. Uh, like your first-person shooters with uh, that we saw with Elite Force and Klingon Academy, or not Klingon Academy, but uh, Klingon Honor Guard. You had your uh, top-down sort of shooter. You had your shooters with uh, the Starfleet Academy and Klingon Academy. You had Starfleet Command, which were your tactical games. You had puzzlers like Judgment Rights and 25th Anniversary. Star Trek is such an immersive, ongoing intellectual property that allows for some really great video games to come along and we just scratched the surface with some of the games mm-hmm. we covered here there's more stuff out there that 
that probably isn't as good, but it's at least enjoyable enough to allow you to want to go and check it out. Yeah, yeah, and especially for some of the resources for free games and stuff now. I mean, as I said, you can go play that original arcade game right online, and I'm sure some of the other ones have made their way on there too through the laws of, you know... I mean, there's abandonware sites out there that still have some of them, so... Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously a ripe property to make stuff out of. I mean, and, and the evidence is, is right here in front of us, just dozens upon dozens of them. And I hope they continue. I mean, it almost, speaking of cancellations, it looked like they canceled one called Star Trek Infinite Space that was supposed to happen in, like, 2012, but somebody thought better of it, and I wonder if that has anything to do with you know, how badly the the Star Trek... <laughs> well, I mean, that came out afterwards, but maybe people were making, you know, games off the new movies, and, and they it was pretty obviously that they were crap. And uh, I hope that... You know, I hope... I, as I said, I, I may check out Star Trek Online again. I, I don't... I don't know what the kind of expected half-life is of any online game that goes free-to-play. I mean, it's got to be somewhat of a death knell for them. Um, well, I don't know. That seems to be the new model for for a lot of them. I'm surprised. Well, I mean, it's been a long time since I've been back to World of Warcraft. Yeah, but so uh, they're they're one of the last holdouts that can still manage to suck fifteen bucks a month from people, though it seems. But even they've gone free to play up to a point, correct? Yeah, uh, I think up to yeah. level thirty or something, yeah. it's free to play. So mm. it's it's surprising that they've they've gone this far but it does seem to be especially with like the the ios type model where it's like oh you can have this game for free but any on-game purchases you know cost you this much yeah so well not just that like the star wars the old republic one um you pay a monthly fee you get to have more characters right you get first priority to get into the game there's there's a lot you know which Marvel Heroes doesn't have. Um, well, they don't have the pay model anymore anyway. So, but 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 that's 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 kind of what what you know they have the optional subscription and basically it gets you to the head of the line yeah. in front of you know and you can do in you can play more of the multiplayer things like you're limited to three or four certain multiplayer functions per week based on your subscription. So, Do you but, think we're going to ever see, like, a game like, you know, I mean, there's no Star Trek TV to base it off of, but, like, 25th Anniversary or, you know, a, an involved adventure game or role-playing game anymore? Or are we just going to see stuff I off the JJ-verse that's all going to be, oh, you know, fast oh, space combat? Because, I mean, oh, I, I'm just, mean, I'm not really a fan of the space combat in the JJ movies at all, to be honest with you. I think it kind of betrays the... The thing I said I liked about Starfleet Academy and Wrath of Khan, you know, the big ships, the uh, the slow, slow build to combat and the strategy involved. Um, so I don't know if I'm looking forward to more Trek games or not, and that that kind of depresses me a little bit. But <laughs> it's like all the best Trek games for me are going to be in my past, and it makes me feel older. And well, we do have. <laughs> You know, we do have some ideas. The uh, you know, with the not with the consoles, but with the more handheld games and the phone games, like iOS games. I know yeah. one of the games they're coming out with now is Star Trek Trexels, which is 
from what I gather, kind of a callback to Star Trek the 25th anniversary and Judgment Rights. It's a sort of sort of a puzzler type game like that. So you're going to have... I'm going angry old man on that shit too because I refuse to buy a damn $500 telephone just so I can play games (laughs) that they're not putting out for my computer anymore. No, so it's for old men. (laughs) No. Not happening. My eyes are bad enough as it is with trying out trying to play something on a screen like that. Much well, less. You can, you can pay seven hundred dollars and you can get the new gigantic uh, iPhone. That yeah, that and then I would drop it a week out. from owning it. And amazing uh, how we you know back in the eighties you had the big brick phones and <laughs> now 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 they're going, about the same size. Yeah, yeah, just thinner, but still. That's that's the one piece of Star Trek technology I think we I feel we went wrong on is we should have kept just a flip open communicator to talk to people and your smartphone should have been your tricorder. That's the way I look at it. Two separate items, two separate purposes. Well, now you can have your Dick Tracy watch. Yeah. Oh my. Just God, make sure that your phone's still in your pocket. I am. I've decided I'm work. going to camp out on like you know a busy street somewhere and just count the number of pedestrians I see get run over by constantly looking at their fucking watch while they're walking. Oh. Yeah, can't wait. <laughs> and, and, and be surprised that when their watch, their new iWatch, only has a uh, battery life of 18 hours. So oh. essentially what there's six hours in the day that you're not going to be able to use your watch unless you recharge it. Yeah, I wonder why they have a big honking tumor in their wrist after about six <laughs> months of wearing one, probably. Oh, I'm sure that was tested on monkeys. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's all these one-armed monkeys. monkeys. There's all these one-handed monkeys running around. Yeah, exactly. Look at that! Turning the one. We are like, oh, it only made us amputate 50% of their limbs. <laughs> that's just significantly less poop flinging, so that's always a good thing. <laughs> Uh, if only the human race could get to significantly less poop flinging, <laughs> maybe we'd actually get to Star Trek. Well, that's that's what that's what that's what Facebook is for. That's virtual poop flinging. <laughs> yes, it is in the highest degree. Yes, it is, <laughs> and I engage in it far too much myself. Poop flinger. Yep, the greatest communication tool known to human history. And- well, Sean, when, when do you think we'll get that uh, Ferengi Star Trek game? Oh, right. that's going to be coming out real soon. Just keep waiting for that because I know I know the Ferengi are the are the standout race of the next generation that everyone loves. You have to, oh, yeah. you know, learn all the rules of acquisition and <coughs> figure out how to you know, open a bar and cheat all your customers. I love economic. I'd be down with that because I love like economic business sims and stuff like that. There so you go. Like, there you go. Yeah. That's, your, that's, uh, your, that's your new new. Put new me in charge of Quarks on DS9. I'm quarks. there, man. I would love that shit. That's the new Star game. Trek Quarks. quarks. Star Trek <laughs> Quarks. Make it happen, Paramount. It, Sony, it, whoever the it, hell it probably be, the right Sadly, <laughs> it'd probably be better than most of the Deep Space Nine games that they put out. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> That's a shame well, too, because that that was such a ripe, you know, property again, in itself. It's... Again, you know, Deep Space Nine, uh, like I said, one of my favorite shows. Not one of the best games. I'm trying to think. Yeah. There, aside from the Fallen, there was another Deep Space Nine that the game they came out with. I'm trying to look through here, Harbinger. I heard that was. Uh, not yeah, I vaguely remember that one. Yeah. So. 
But uh, that's all I've got. Well, I think we've we've uh, pretty much covered everything we're going to cover tonight. Well, that was a good, well thought out sentence. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're a professional, Doctor Bill. Yeah, that's usually, why usually I'm, we only that's get why to I'm, those those highfalutin thoughts, I'm, you know. Around I'm after captain midnight. of the USS Obvious. So, <laughs> the, yeah. thank God somebody needs to be. <laughs> and you'll steer her right into a supernova, Captain. <laughs> well, I guess right. we go out there. You want me to read the. Um... The closing well, statement. let's you know officially say goodbye and get oh, okay. we'll edit the starship before the cart and all that stuff. But yeah, thanks once again. This has been um, you know live long and prosper. Mister Nimoy obviously did uh, obviously a you know a character hero to any Star Trek fan. Yes, uh, worth his dilithium crystals and. Uh, yeah, that's that's why we did this podcast. But obviously, there's a long history of great games. There's been I'm looking at the list, and I said that they're going towards the uh, yeah the smartphone stuff, and they're still putting out a few things here and there for consoles. But we've we've had kind of a drought of good Star Trek games on the PC in the last few years, and it concerns me. I'll still pay for them if you want to make some good ones. People who do these things, so. Listen up and, and make me a good Star Trek here. And uh, I'm Scott McGregor, Scott 2.0. I'm, oh, Cap- I'm Captain Obvious. I need my PC. I want my PC. <laughs> and uh, I'm uh, Ferengi uh, Sean. Ferengi Sean. And come to, come to uh, Quarks and I'll, I'll sell you some Ractuccino or something. <laughs> I don't know. Bring your Latinum. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gents, we are No Councils for Old Men. You can email us, uh, which would be nice because no one is lately, um, at nocouncilsforoldmen at yahoo.com. And uh, that's all, folks. See ya. Ship. Out of danger. Yes. Don't grieve, Admiral. Is logical. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. We are assembled here today to pay final respects to our honored games. And yet it should be noted, in the midst of our sorrow, this death takes place in the shadow of new games. The sunrise of a new obsession. Games that our beloved characters gave their lives to protect and nourish. They did not feel this sacrifice a vain or empty one. 
and we will not debate their profound skills at these proceedings. Of my games, I can only say this. Of all the characters I've encountered in my travels, they were the most... Human. You've been listening to No Councils for Old Men, starring Dr. Bill Robinson and Scott 2.0, Scott McGregor. If you'd like to email us with any questions or suggestions for future shows, our email address is nocouncilsforoldmen at yahoo.com. No Councils for Old Men is produced by Dr. Bill Robinson and Scott McGregor and is part of the Two True Freaks Podcasting Network. Orders. If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2TrueFreaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the 2TrueFreaks at the same time. Visit our website at 2TrueFreaks.com. 2TrueFreaks is always spelled T-W-O. T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S You can email 2TrueFreaks directly at 2TrueFreaks at gmail.com 2TrueFreaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. Dumbass. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. We were finally invited aboard one of these spacecraft, which landed near Ann Arbor, Michigan, on October the 24th of 1954. This is a drawing of the craft. As I was leaving the craft, the commander, Soltek, said, soon others of your people will be able to have an experience similar to this.